Hello, everyone. Today we have Roland Manny, which I'm so excited to have you on here because you have been such a huge mentor in my business over the last year and a bit. And I just always love your positivity and your story and all the things. And so I'd love for you to brag on yourself a bit and tell us all about your credentials and who you are. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So I mean, I'm not big on bragging about myself and I really, I don't have much to brag about. I just know this. I, I started out doing that before network marketing. I started off as a prison guard. That's what I was, you know, but even, and then because of that, well, we'll get into that story a little bit after, but um, just to, to share a little bit about me, I've been trained by Les Brown. He's one of my mentors. He's one of my coaches. I, Dr. Ruben West, who's an international speaker. Uh, we've created some speaker training programs. I do that. I've been big into personal development since 1995 because when I worked at the prison, I got involved with network marketing, which I believe we'll talk about this, but network marketing is really a personal development uh, program with the product inside of it. And because of that, because I was introduced to it, network marketing and personal development, I'll never forget the first time my buddy said to me, he goes, you got to work on your on your personal development. I said, well, I'm personally developed. I've been going to the gym for years. He goes, no, no. <laughs> you got to work on your mind, which most people don't, right? We work on our bodies, but very few of us work on our minds. So um, that's it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I got a 30-year-old. Uh, my daughter's 30 years old. She got... You know, she got pregnant at 15 years old. I supported her through that. I helped her bring up her baby till she was three years old. Uh, I've been married to my wife now for 12 years. I got three grandchildren. And really, my my purpose in life is to create a mind shift and transform the wellness of a million people around the world. That's my purpose. People ask me, why do you keep doing your mindset? Why? Because I, feel, I believe right now most people aren't using their minds like they should. And if we can create that mind shift... And we can transform the wellness of a million people around the world to teach them to respond to things instead of react, their lives will be changed forever. And that's really as much as I can brag about myself. <laughs> so like super minor, like not that big of a goal, like, you know, teeny weeny. Like, yeah, we can end it here. This is good. <laughs> okay, we're keep going. I want nuggets. <laughs> well, they kind of going through with that. Like what, how did you get introduced to network marketing? Well, I worked at the, that's a great story. So I worked at the prison. I, I was a prison guard I, for 10 years, right? For you guys, that's my Boston accent, prison guard for other people that don't understand God. And I hated the job. I hated every day of the job, but I took the job. Uh, one of my favorite movies is the Shawshank Redemption. And I've probably seen that movie 60 or 70 times. And you guys probably remember a scene in there when when um, the the librarian, the guy that worked in the library was going to kill, he got released. He was, and he, he, um, he was getting released. He had wrapped up a 50-year bid, I think, a 50-year sentence. And he was willing to kill his friend with a handmade, they call it a shank in the prison, a handmade knife. So they they de-escalated it. Uh, 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 I just drew the, I forget their names, but, um, you know, his friends. So they were out in the yard talking and they said, what do you, what do you think happened in there? And basically they said, well, he's lost his mind. And they, and Red, Red said, no, he hadn't lost his mind. He's institutionalized. I said, what do you mean institutionalized? He's just like a nut, you know, a rat in a in an outhouse, right? Losing his mind. He said, no, he's institutionalized. He said, what do you mean by that? He said, you know, when guys first come in here, they hate him, hate this place. Over time, they get used to it. And then be before you know it, they depend on it. And that's what I think most people live their lives, is he, right? They go to work. They say, well, this is just a stepping stone to something else. And then they give them a little bit to keep them there, to keep them there. And then they they even tell them, look, you, you got to take a cut and pay. Are you going to change your shift? Are you going to work overtime? Are you going to spend time away from your family? And they're willing to do it because they're institutionalized. 
And that's where I was. I was working at this prison. I remember driving to work every day going, I'm doing time on the installment plan. These guys are trying to get out of prison and I'm driving myself to prison on the installment plan. You know, and I hated that. And I, and I saw myself as being one of these people, like same crap, different day, right? Oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a rut. Well, the the only thing different between a rut and a grave is how it's the dimensions and how long you stay in it, you know? And and I, I didn't think there was a way out. I didn't know network marketing. I knew nothing. I just felt like I was trapped. I was going to spend 20 years of my life in prison for a crime I didn't commit, you know? So uh, my mom and dad introduced me to, to network marketing. I remember going, my dad was on the liquor store. My mom was a nurse. And um, I went into the liquor store. I used to always go see him before I went to work. And one day he was looking at something. And I said, Dad, what are you looking at? He said, that's just something, a business your mom and I are going to check out. I said, well, tell me what it is. He said, no, nah, I'm not. I'm, well, wait, let's see if it works. If it works, I'll tell you what it is. So I just kept pushing. Dad, just tell me what it is. And, and he wouldn't. So finally he goes, I said, look, whatever you're doing, just count me in. Just like I said, just count me in. And he goes, you don't even know what it is. I said, well, I do know this. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. And that's how I got introduced to network marketing. I found out later, the reason he didn't want to tell us, because I got two brothers and a sister, but really my sister wouldn't have gotten involved. My brother was a state trooper. So he didn't want my brother, my brother to tell him it was a scam. And my other brother's a CPA. So he didn't want to tell him that he lost his, his you know, you're going to lose all your money. But for me, like, I didn't care. I just wanted to change. And I think that's what a key point is. We can't prejudge people. Because imagine if my dad would have prejudged me. Number one is I would have been robbed of an opportunity and and other people would have been robbed. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. So um, I got involved in it. I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew was it gave me hope. And I think that's the biggest thing is network marketing gives people hope. Like maybe there is something. I don't know. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but at least I had something. And I remember walking into the prison. I said, I'm out of here in two years and I'm going to get rich. And they said, what are you going to do? I said, Herbalife. And he, oh, I don't know if I could say that. And he said, what is it? And I said, oh, yeah, I said, I have no idea. <laughs> All I know is this, people are getting healthy, people are making money, and I'm getting out of here. And I, I just kept doing my business part-time around a full-time, you know, my job, Les Brown, uh, Jim Rohn says, work full-time at your job and part-time on your fortune. So I, I remember listening to that. He was the first guy I ever, learned, I, I ever uh, listened to for personal development. I saw him in person probably within the first month of me being in network marketing, changed my life forever. And um, I, I had to deal yeah. with a negative, a negative wife, completely negative after a while, would tell people it was a scam behind my back. Uh, we ended up getting divorced. I mean, so many negative people. You guys know when you when you do something that is different from the ordinary, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it from your friends, your family. Some people do it to protect you. Some people do it because when, when um, you raise your level, most people want you to get ahead in life. But as long as you don't get ahead of them, because if you're both at this level and now you get ahead, what's their excuse? They don't have one because you just proved that mm -hmm. something could be done. So- I didn't care about that. All I knew was this is going to work. And then when my daughter, you know, I had my reasons why I wanted to do it, to go on vacation. Like my wife was involved in the conversation at first that she was part of my why, but then my, my why changed, but it just, you know, I just focused on my daughter and she was three years old. I, I had just gotten divorced and I couldn't have Christmas off with her and they wouldn't give me Christmas off at the prison. And I deserved it to make a long story short. I said, I'm going to have Christmas off. And they go, no, you're not. You're working. I said, well, I quit. They said, you quit. You're going to quit a job. You got 10 years in, 10 more, you can retire. Insurance benefit. I said, what's the benefit? What's the benefit of being in a prison for a crime I didn't commit? And I said, uh, I quit. And they said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do this business full time. And they said, what if it doesn't work? And I said, what if it does? And I said, if it doesn't, I'll have Christmas off. <laughs> Dang. I ah, so, well, I, what, 
I, I really love, and I love that, like, when you started, you immediately had that vision of, like, oh, yeah, two years, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to be good. I'm leaving this place. I saw it. You know what I mean? It was because I yeah. think when you, when you, when you and, and I think that has a lot to do with my mom and dad, because they were always looking for opportunity. You know what I mean? It was, and and I you become who you're, you surround yourself with. So we were a really close family. So when, when I saw that opportunity, I was like, why not me? You know, this is this game. What else did I have to lose? You know what I mean, Savannah? Like, what was there yeah. to lose? That's my. That was the way I looked at. It. I got everything to gain, nothing to lose. I'm at a job that sucks. But most people, you know, I'll never. I got to share this with you. So when I moved to Ohio 12 years ago now to be with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, I'll never forget. We we're driving down the highway at night, and there was this big, like, office building, and the windows, like, some lights were on in the windows. And I said, but they were all windows like this, right? And I said, look at that prison right there. And she said, what do you mean? I said, that's a prison. And she said, what do you mean by that? She goes, I've been living here for a long time. I didn't know that was a prison. I said, yeah, because my idea of a prison and yours is different. You're thinking of where I work. Those have cubicles that aren't much bigger than the cells that the inmates worked that lived in. And if you go look in those cubicles, you're going to find places they like to be, cars they like to drive, and pictures of their families and friends that they never get to see because they're always working in the cubicle. The only difference is they have a door they can go out at night and they have to go back. It's a prison say like they're all we're all working for these big goals and dreams but if you never take the vacation you never actually get to enjoy the time with family you're making yeah. all this money and working so hard for what to enjoy it when well yeah someday there is no someday in the calendar someday there is no someday when i have more time every clock i look at has the same amount of time it's not going to change and i think so many times we, we les brown says most people go to their grave with permanent potential that's where you're going to find the most unused gifts, talents, and abilities because they take it. I mean, we've seen, we've had friends, family members, or whoever, and uh, co-workers that have passed away early or unexpectedly, whatever, for whatever reason. And we yeah. hear it all the time. They had so much potential. They've gone, they've gone way too soon. They had to, mm -hmm. But they're always waiting. And, and potential has a shelf life. Potential has a shelf life. Well, write that down. Potential has a shelf life. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm, this is going to be very good. I'm curious about this. Because um, in business, how you have your ups and downs all the time. And sometimes when people get started, they're like, oh, if it doesn't go up, like, I'm out of here. Or if it goes down after it's gone up, I'm out of here. So coming from you, where is that part in your business, which I'm sure there are many, but what's one um, where you felt like you failed, you kept going, it probably turned out to be one of your biggest blessings. Like, what's what's that story there? Well, one of, probably the biggest time I felt like I was a failure, and and what I realized over time is failure is not a person; it's an event that happens in our lives. But a lot of times we think we're a failure, and that's what stops us. We live in a life of conformity because we don't want to keep being a failure, so we stop trying. But for me, I believe it was um, I had built my business up, and when it, that when I had quit the prison, my income was really growing. We were like we were we were moving because we were so committed, and the owner of the company died unexpectedly. And when he died unexpectedly at 42 years old, the number one nutrition co nutrition company in the world, people talk bad about us. They talk bad about the product. They talk bad about him. They said he died from using the product. You want to see someone's income go from very, very high, like high six figures, like to nothing, like to absolutely gone. Your customers quit, your distributors quit, and you're sitting there going, it's going to come around and you keep trying, but they just keep quitting and quitting and quitting. And, and I remember sitting there, tears in my eyes going, what am I going to do? Like, and, I, and I didn't live above my means, you know what I mean? I live very moderate, moderate because I always, like you always know, like, you know, there are going to be tough times. If you really listen to the right people in life, not just network marketing, in life, 
It, listen, nobody wants to ride a flat roller coaster. You'll never go to Disney World and see people on a, and waiting in line to go on a roller coaster that just goes around <laughs> a circle. It goes like that, right? That's mm-hmm. what life is. But I remember, like my my income went down from like it was really good to nothing, to nothing. And and I and I had a I was a single dad. I had to go get a job, and I was embarrassed. I I, I was like, man, what a failure I am. And I tried to keep doing my business as much as I could part time. But I had to go get a job. Like you have to swallow your pride. You know what I mean? And, and that's really the probably the most the biggest time that I felt like I let people down. Like I felt like I let my downline down, my customers down. But what I realized after, like like when I went back to full time, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But we think it's it's us. Like if if we fail, it's me. If I have a setback, it's me. A failure is only a failure if you don't learn from it. You know what I mean? And, and But in our minds, we're going, everybody's going to think I'm a failure and I let everybody down. So for a long time, I never talked about it. I didn't talk about it. And then when I went back to some of the people, they go, it wasn't you. We knew it wasn't you. But that's probably the biggest time that I, I mean, I've had, we've had some more challenges along the way. And, uh, but that's probably the biggest one. The biggest I love one. that lesson that you got from that, because I was even thinking about it this morning of like going over these questions. And I was like, well, what are the things that I feel like I failed at? And I can think of mo- where in the moment I felt like a failure, but it really is. If you stop there, you end there. Like I, I repeat this to myself every day and I use it all the time. It was something that you told me, like, don't quit on a bad day. Well, you're not going to quit on a good day. So you're never like, you don't quit in the Valley. That is when you actually failed. But there's so many things that we take on ourselves that are out of our control. It is just a situation that like we couldn't control. And if you keep going, you're going to get out of it. But well, you know, you, you brought up a good point. There's things we can't control. So the circumstances are going to happen. We can't always control our circumstances, but we can we can control the outcome of the circumstance. So we can't control what happens to us, but depending on how we look at it, we can control the, the outcome of it. You know what I mean? So I think we got to look at every circumstance and say, okay, what happened? What can I learn from it? And then how can I move on from it? And I think that's probably the biggest thing I learned was life is going to hit us. You know, you know it's, and and we don't see it coming. Muhammad Ali said, "It's the punch you don't see coming that knocks you out." You know, it's you, how many times have that happened to you? Never saw that coming. Never saw that coming. Never saw. If you saw it coming, you know how to change it. You know how to fix it. But we don't see it coming. And I think we got to look at the failure. I, I listened to this one guy. He said, uh, "I never look at a failure as something bad. What can I get from the failure? If you can get one good thing from the failure." It's no longer bad because you learn from it, right? You you learn from the failure and you won't. It's when you dwell on the failure that you and you don't learn from it because you focus more on 90% what happened instead of 90, right? Life is 10% what happens to us, 90% how we respond, not react to it, respond to it. Most people spend 90% of the time reacting to it instead of in 10%, I mean, focusing on the problem and not the solution. And I think that's when a failure can be bad because that's when people just give up on themselves. Just always opportunities for lessons everything's a lot everything in life is a lesson you have a setback it's a lot everything is a setback it's a setup for a comeback right but most people look at a setback as a uh, that's it i'm a loser i'm no good everybody was right about me and then they just give up on their dreams and their goals and they live a life of conformity not because they want to because they're afraid to do anything based on what other people might say about them that's the biggest i lived i worked in a prison the biggest prison we live in is a self-made prison based in the walls are constructed of our opinions or our fears of what other people might think or say about us. So because of what they might think or say about us, we're stuck in a prison and we have the key to get out. What's the key? Not worrying about what they say because Les Brown says other people's opinion of us is none of our business. What do they care? 
Are we gonna are we gonna live our lives, uh, uh, give up on our goals and our dreams because somebody are uh, based on somebody else's opinion of us or what we think? I tell people that all the time. You know, Izzy, if that's the deal, if you're gonna let the fear of what other people are gonna think about you when you join your network marketing prison. Uh, uh, business and you go through the ups and downs, if you're going to be more worried about that than you are about reaching your goal, then your goal is not big enough. Mm -hmm. Well, I think a huge reason why you were successful is because you started with the mindset of like, no, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going like, and that I think is where so many people make the mistake is like, I'm I'm just going to try and see. And soon as that one person says something negative, which would be in any business. It doesn't matter where you go. You try to become an Olympic athlete. I guarantee somebody along the way told them like, oh, don't even try. It's so hard. Don't like something negative towards it. Yep. And, and it's so true. And I don't understand why they do that with the network marketing business. They're just going to try. That's like a doctor saying a, a student that's going to go to medical school. Well, I'm going to try it for the first three months. And then if I'm not a doctor by the end of three months, I'm going to quit. Like, you, you take a job to get 50, you know, when you take the job, you're going to make this much money. Then over five years, you're going to get this much money, another vacation. Then you got to work 40 years of your life to get 40% of your pay. And, and you say, okay, well, you don't say I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it no matter what. I don't care if it, if it kills me, I'm going to do this 40 years. Like, why don't you do that? Why don't you have the same attitude? You know, I share the story of the, the Chinese bamboo tree. I don't know if you ever heard this story, but I share it with a lot of people is there's a Chinese bamboo tree it's the seed, right? You plant the seed just like every other seed. Well, two to three weeks, most things you can see once you water them and give them uh, light, you can start seeing the results above the dirt. The Chinese bamboo tree, you water it for a whole year. You think about this, a whole year you're out there, you fertilize it. I mean, you water it, you give it light, nothing grows. It looks like you're watering dirt. The second year, Izzy and Savannah, same thing happens. It, it looks like you're watering dirt. Third year, same thing happens. Fourth year, you don't see anything. How many people would quit? But the fifth year, that Chinese bamboo tree in five weeks will grow up to 80 feet. So the question is, does it grow 80 feet in five weeks or does it grow 80 feet in five years? It grows 80 feet in five years, but most people just see the 80 80 feet in five weeks. So that's why people that quit network marketing, it's because they, it's like they're watering the the Chinese bamboo tree, but most people are laughing at them because it looks like they're watering dirt and nothing's growing because they don't see what's going on, on on the bottom. So they don't, they're not willing to do the work for five years so they can see their, their business grow 80 feet in five weeks. Wow. Right. I mean, I'm trying to even think, would I stick around five years of watering dirt? Yeah, but if you, yeah. you, do, it, you do it in that work marketing business, that's mm-hmm. the key. Is that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. But can you, can you picture it? You finally make it. Now you're sitting at the top of this 80 foot bamboo tree enjoying your life, living your dreams and your goals and other people living a life of conformity and mediocrity. And they're looking up at you saying, you're lucky. No, sir. I just kept watering the dirt for five years. Mm -hmm. That's why I love our podcast because we want to show people that like so many people see the five week growth and go, oh my gosh, wow, this person did it. They blah, blah, blah. We have a, a girl in our company who blew up in our company in the first couple months, which you can hear that part of the story and go, oh my gosh, how'd she do that? Like, she's so lucky, blah, blah, blah. But she was in network marketing for over 10 years before that. And she was like, no, I put in so much work, but you don't always see that. You forget that like how long, 10 years or five years of watering and how discouraging it would be. Like those farmers, the people who are planting, like 
like, okay, we're just going to hope that we get to year five and this works. You know why? Because we compare, we compare ourselves to other people. And that's the biggest thief of joy is comparison to others because you see others getting the results and you want them. And if you don't have them, then you're upset. But that's like comparing your, your behind the scenes to somebody's highlight reel. Like, you know, the, these athletes, they send their highlight reels to the colleges from high school to college and from the pros to the, you know, from college to the pros, they send them their highlight reel, but you don't see all the failures that they've had in the past. You don't see all that. All we see is the, and we, we're trying to compare ourselves to someone's, you know, encore presentation of a play and not the behind the scenes, the, the years of practice and the, and getting hurt and getting up and, and doing the all night practices and stuff. All we want, we live in a society, we just want the results. We don't want to do the work. Yeah, we only see, you know, the games and we only remember the games that they won. We don't see that every single day in between those games, they are at the gym working. Yeah, the, the games aren't won at, at, on Sunday for football. The games are won during the week during practice. Wow. Yeah, that's a good lesson right there. I'm like, yeah, it's it's not one at the end. It's all the work that you did up to it. It's at the beginning. It's at the beginning. Well, this kind of ties into everything we're talking about. How do you stay so positive in a world of negativity? Oh, that's not easy. Like, I'm not always the most positive person in the world. That's you can't always be positive, but I think you gotta you gotta work on your mindset. Like I said, I worked on this. I've been doing it since 1995. Like I've gone through so much crap over and over for my wife. She, like so many things have happened, and you and you gotta just keep working on yourself because you don't have to water weeds, but you have to water rose bushes, right? So a lot of people, I remember Les Brown say, um, garbage in, you know, most people say, I don't know if they say this in Canada, but they say garbage in, garbage out, right? Garbage in, garbage out. It's a saying that they say, but I believe garbage in, garbage stays in until you push it out. So if you had a garbage barrel and you kept filling it with garbage, it would stay in it. So, but if you pushed it hard enough, it would split the bottom of it and the garbage would come out, but the inside of the garbage bag would still have trash in it. That's how, that's how I believe our minds are garbage in garbage in negative news, negative TV, negative internet, negative, negative, hanging around with negative people all day long. All they do is complain, right? One thing I tell people now is listen, you got to make your circle smaller. If you want your life to get bigger, your circle's going to get smaller because when your circle becomes smaller, your life becomes bigger. When your circle becomes less, your life becomes more, right? So you got to, surround yourself with people like that you got to keep feeding yourself with the personal development you don't like i said you don't have to water weeds but you have to water the rose bushes so what do i mean by that is every day i'm listening to stuff i don't spend my time listening to negative news i don't spend my time listening to crap radio you know i i spend my time listening to personal development at the gym because it's easy to fall into the trap of negativity it's easy to fall into the trap of they're blaming the economy and blaming the environment and blaming, blame, 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 blame. Jim Rohn said one of the first things I ever heard him say was, he said, you know, people always blaming their, their circumstances, right? He said, they they blame when they, my wife or my husband changes, then I'll change. When my when my employer changes, I'll change. When my employee changes, I'll change. When, this, when the economy changes, he said, you guys are doing it all wrong. He says, you, you're thinking wrong. He said, for things to change, you have to change. For things to get better, you have to get better. When you change, everything will change. When you get better, everything will get better. But here's the key. Everything stayed the same, but because you change, you see things different. So everything appears different around you. But it all comes to making the commitment to listening to something positive every day, to focusing on positive people every day, to not surrounding yourself with negativity. That's really the key to it. And then when, I, and then when negative things do happen, I, I might go through negativity, whether it's my business or whatever for a bit, and then I catch myself. I say, okay, well, I gotta, you get, you gotta change the, you gotta change the, what's in the projector, right? So you have people, you probably have people on your team. Well, yeah, but 
I'm, I'm positive. I think positive, but all there is is negativity coming out of their mouth all day long. Negative, negative. Every time you talk to them, negative about the company, negative about the product, negative about their negative, negative, negative. But they're saying, yeah, but I'm listening to, you know, I'm, I'm working on my personal development. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say the DVDs were still a thing. Now you can download everything, right? But all three of us were going to sit down and watch a movie. And I had, I don't know, Top Gun 2, Shawshank Redemption. And I don't know, what's your favorite movie, Izzy? Oh gosh. Uh Savannah. What's yours? Savannah, I'm sorry. What's yours? Just pick one. My favorite movie is Les Mis. <laughs> what is it? That's my favorite. Give me a musical. Les Mis or like Moulin Rouge. Give me okay. a musical. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> and what's your guys, Izzy? Oh, uh, I probably watch Pride and Prejudice the most. Private what? Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Okay, so we got those five movies. We got the movie that Savannah wants, the movie that you want, and then we got Top Gun. Uh, I don't know, like I said, with Shawshank. We got four movies, right? So we're gonna watch the movie you want. So you said, so Roland, I want to watch this movie. I said, okay, sit down. I'm gonna put the movie in. I put the movie in the in the, the DVD player in, and out on the screen comes Top Gun Two. And you said, Roland, I told you I want to watch this movie, the movie that you said, and I said. Yeah, but Izzy, that's what I put in there. You say you couldn't have because this is what's on the projector, right? The projector, the DVD player doesn't play a game. I don't put one move, the movie you want in and Shawshank Redemption 2 comes out. It's whatever you put in the projector comes out as the movie. It's the same thing with our lives. So whatever people are putting in their head every day is coming out of their, their mouth. They can't do one thing and something else come out because everything comes out of your mouth. It's first of the thought. So if it's negative, 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 and they're saying, well, I, I listen to positive stuff. No, you're not. Because your mind can't, it, it mm -hmm. can't, doesn't do that. Mm hmm Okay. Oh, I love this. I, I even, I'm writing down your notes. Like, I don't, don't like, I gotta go, weeds, go back. Water the rose bushes. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> good. So I, I have two questions for you here. Um, first one, just, I'm curious about how, how you're seeing things with, I hate talking about this, but I also do want to know. Okay. Economy wise, kind of like the unsurety in the marketplace. How are you seeing that come across in your business? I, I It's slowing it down a little bit. I mean, okay. it's truth, I think it's slowing down a lot of people, but we can't yeah. focus on that. You know what I mean? We got people are still buying cars. People are still buying houses. People. Are, so although though it's, it's affecting it and you can't, you can't help but go towards that. You got to just focus on, okay, I'm in this for the long haul. We all, have, we're all going through peaks, you know, the valleys. This is just one of the valleys. That's life. Like that's life. So, yeah, it's it's um it's it, it's affecting everybody. Like I talked to some people around, and you know it's it, it's in a dip, and that's when you really see if you really want to do this. It's when you're in the dip. I I I think that's when you really got to sink in even deeper too. Of like, no, I'm really doing this, even though things like you feel like are uncertain. It's like, no, this is the time where you really need to buckle down because when because th things go up, like Jim Jim Rohn says, he's like, I'll tell you about the economy. It'll go up and it'll go down and what comes next it'll go back up spring follows <laughs> and, winter and so, yeah. every single year it's been doing it for thousands of years summer follows spring and fall yeah. follows summer it's it's the it's the it's the i think it's the commitment to stay to, to your dreams it's the commitment to your goals it's the commitment my commitment to creating a mind shift and transforming the wellness of a million people around the world because if i don't do it someone's going to miss out right but here's what here's the problem uh, inconvenience exposes commitment. So you'll have people say, well, I'm committed to this business. I'm committed to my dreams. I'm committed to my goals. Okay, well, we have a training. Uh, we have a Zoom training uh, from six to nine on Friday night. Oh, that's one of my favorite TV shows on. Inconvenience exposes commitment. 
inconvenience. It's it, until it's it's right. People say, "Well, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start getting in shape." It's 20 degrees out. It's too cold for me to go out. Inconvenience exposes commitment. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, so good. I'm so glad I asked you that. Um, okay, so this so in my journey, I've been in network marketing for nine years now, and when I started. I had like the most solid why. I was like, I'm going to do this. I was a single teen mom. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make money here. I, I sold my clothes to get my kid. Like I had a big why. I was working two jobs. I wanted to be home with my baby. That was it. And then I got it. And then it was like, I'm enjoying it. But like, now what? And then I felt things went down. So I was like, okay, I got to get another why, another why, another why. And I feel like that continuously goes on. So with you, when you first started, it was like, yeah, like I want to get out of this prison. I, I want to be making my own stuff here. I want to be living the life of my dreams. But then when you got that, did you have to come up with another why? Did you feel like that kind of stagnant of like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I think I can help you with that. But I'm gonna, how old, okay. you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you were mom? Uh, I had my daughter at 17. Oh, my daughter was, she had just turned 16. Yep. Yeah. It just, so, so let me share this. If you don't mind, I'll share that little personal note with you, and I'm going to answer oh, your yeah, question. Oh, yeah, for sure. But this is when – so so I was watching the Patriots play the – my daughter was 15. I was watching the Patriots play the Miami Dolphins, my favorite team, the Patriots, right? We I lived right near there. I was at the game September 22nd. It was a beautiful day um, 15 years ago, and I get a text message from my daughter, right? And it said, hey, Dad. And I, was, I said, what? And I just felt something wasn't right. I said, what? And she said uh, – I I'm I'm pregnant. I said what? She, I texted back what? She said I'm pregnant, right? So right away my like I I remember like complete silence. I was like oh my gosh, 15 years old. This kid was gonna be a D1 basketball. Like she just had her act together, right? So on the way home, I was thinking of all the negative stuff, like sitting in the stadium thinking of all the negative stuff. And then on the way home, I was sitting complete silence. The guy I was driving with was probably going, geez, he's really taking this Patriots game because I didn't even say anything to him. Like I didn't. I was speechless. <laughs> And then on the way home, I started, I started thinking, switching my mind. It's a, it's how you shift your mind, right? It's not a mindset. It's a mind shift. I said, you know what? Maybe it won't be that bad being a 45-year-old Pepe. I'm French, right? Maybe it won't that be that bad having a little one run around. Maybe, and I just kept thinking those things. So I went from reacting to it to responding to it. And I had told her to come to my house because she only lived a couple miles away. And um, we made a decision that day that we were going to do whatever it takes. I said, look, I don't know how it's going to work out. I've never done this. There's no books written on it, but we'll, Tori, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And, and mm -hmm. you know, she told her mom, who's, who's very negative, she didn't have the same respo response. Matter of fact, she took it to the clinic so she wouldn't have the baby. And I told her, don't do it. Come live with me. That's why she came to live with me. But that's see you can't pour from let me go back to Izzy's thing you can't pour from an empty cup so if you're not working on your personal development every day and working on your mindset every day when the crap hits the fan when challenges do happen because they're going to happen to all of us if you don't have anything to pull from right it's not what happens to us it's what, how we respond to what happens to us like so if I didn't have all that stuff listening to Les and listening to Zig and listening to Jim Rohn who knows how I might have responded the same way as a mom but I, I thought to myself, she's not the first one for this to happen to, and life turns out okay. And because of that, now she's married to another, you know, the same father. I mean, not the, not the same guy. She's married with three kids. My granddaughter is now fourteen years old. My grandson's six, six. My grand and my granddaughter's three. And my daughter just graduated from surgical tech, number one in her class at thirty years old. Number one in her class, like right. the, one of the highest awards in her class. And people told her she couldn't do that either. And that's the other why personal development is so big because people pay attention. 
So if they if you they're surrounded by you, guess what you're giving to them? The same thing that you're putting in your mind, you're sharing with them. So to get back, yeah. so I just had to share that because what you said that was congratulations. Oh, that's good. That was good. So <laughs> thank you. Here's how I think you can save this problem. And I think I might have shared this with Izzy before, but I believe there's two types of goals. There's a gain goal and a pain goal, right? A gain goal is a goal that keeps pulling you. A pain goal is a goal that you you make for yourself to get away from something, right? So years ago, they asked Oprah Winfrey, they said, what? when are you going to slow down? She said, what do you mean? She, they, they said, well, you got so much money. You've changed people's lives all over the world. You're getting older. She said, I won't. And why? I still have things to do. I still have people's lives. I want to change whatever it was she said. See, that's a gain goal. That's That was pulling her through the tough times, after she made the money, after she had the houses. It's a goal that's going to keep pulling you no matter what. A pain goal is a goal that you run from. So they asked pain that you set because you're trying to get away from something, right? They asked Oprah. They said, uh, yo, she's a yo-yo dieter. She had lost weight. They said, why'd you lose weight? She said, because I had a big butt. Now, what was the pain? The big, maybe it was the way her clothes fit. Maybe it was the way she looked. Maybe it hurt her back. Who knows what it was? So she would lose the weight to get away from the pain. That's why people are yo-yo dieters. They get away from the pain. Once they're away from the pain, what do you do? You stop doing it, right? If, if a dog's chasing you and there's a fence, your goal is to get over the fence. Why? Because it's going to hurt. As soon as you get over the fence, you stop running because the pain, the fear of the pain is gone. The pain is gone, right? You, you think about somebody... A guy and a girl are going to get married, right? So the girl wants to fit into a wedding dress. She bet orders the dress. Two, she get married in the year. She orders the dress two sizes smaller than what she really is. Why? Because she wants. She has the goal of fitting in the dress because she wants to look good walking down the aisle. She wants to look good for her husband. She doesn't want people to make fun of her, saying she has no business wearing that dress. So she has the goal of fitting in that dress, so she looks good. She gets in the. She wears the dress. She meets her goal. The wedding happens. A year or two later, she's bigger than she ever was before. Why? Because the pictures aren't going to change. Right? She reached the goal so she would look good. Once she reached the goal, the fear of it's gone. You see a, a girl that's afraid of, you know, dying and, oh, I'm going to be an old maid. I don't want to be by myself. So she changes her hair, changes her clothes, starts working out, gets in the best shape, you know, starts looking good, meets the guy of her dreams, what she thinks is, right? This could happen to a guy too. A year or so go by, they're no longer together. You go, geez, what happened? Wasn't the girl that I met, wasn't the same girl I married. Why? Because she raised her goal of, of getting away from the fear of the pain of being alone. So by doing that, she met the guy, she went back to the way she was before. So I think, Savannah, what you're going to do is you're going to find the goal that's going to keep pulling you and pulling you and pulling you like long after the excitement's gone, long after the motivation's gone, because motivation has an expiration date. We don't stay motivated forever, right? And and that's the goal that's going to keep you going no matter what. And I think once you find that, the goal that's going to pull you, then you'll it, it, nothing will stop you. Mm -hmm. Is that how, so, is that so what's your goal then at this? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, 100%. So but what's your goal now? I'm curious, after all this, and all your what 28 years you said you started in 95 that's when i was born so 28 <laughs> years what is it for you now what is that one goal that's still driving you my my goal is still the same to create a mind shift and transform the wellness of a million people to make a difference in people's lives because i'll share this story with you if, if you don't mind am i going too long can i tell uh, you this we have a couple minutes but we could always restart if we need to <laughs> all right because because i think this will help this will help why I do what I do. This will help. And, and if you don't mind, is that okay? Is yeah. if I, yeah. Can I go, keep going? Uh, do we want to just. All 
All right. So, so I'll share this with you guys. And, and I think it'll help not only you, but it'll help some of your teammates, right? Because so a friend of mine, we do some, uh, we do some speaker trainings. And a few years ago, we realized like, because I had the same thing, the big two of the biggest fears people have are speaking in public and dying. Most people would rather die than speak in public. So we said, how can we, how can we get to see, get people to see how much their voice is needed and how much their, their story is needed? So we, we came up with this, and this is just my belief, but I believe there's a God someday I want to get to see him, right? Hopefully. I tell Julie I'm taking the long way. But that day, that day comes for me, and I get up there, and he's waiting for me. And he says, hey, Roland, welcome home. I say, God, thank you. He said, you mind if I ask you a few questions? Of course. He starts asking me questions. But as he's asking me questions, I look up, and all of, there's like, all of a sudden, there's, 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 as far as I can see, as high and as low, and from left to right, all I can see is people's faces. Just the same size as I see right here, right? and now I'm looking, I'm fascinated. I'm not even looking at him anymore. I'm looking at the faces. I'm looking, some people I recognize, you know, for friends, family members, people made fun of me. I didn't like them. They didn't like me. But there's so many people that 99% of them, I don't recognize. And he sees me looking because he's asking me the questions. I'm not even, I couldn't tell you one question that he asked me, right? So then he's all done. He said, after a few minutes, he's like, Roland, I'm done asking questions. Do you have any? I could ask them any question that I can in my mind for my whole life. I could, I wanted to ask them, why did my wife cheat on me? Why did my wife, uh, my friend die of a heart attack? Why did my friend die of a heroin overdose? Why did my daughter get pregnant at 15? Why didn't I get on the state police? Why did my business tank? I could ask them any question I wanted. And I said, I only have one question. What is it? I said, God, who are all these people? He said, Roland, do you recognize any of them? Yeah, I recognize a few. I point a few out. I said, but there's so many, God, 99% of them I don't recognize. He said, you don't? I said, no, I don't. He said, would you like me to tell you who they were or who they are? I said, yeah, I'd love for you to tell me who they are. He said, Roland, when I put people on earth, I give them assignments. They're, you're, they're, they're assigned to people that I put on earth. He said, but, because, but these people were your assignment. But you know something, Roland, because you didn't use your voice because you didn't like the way it sounded. You didn't like your, you didn't use your, 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 you didn't let your face be shown because you didn't like the way it looked. You didn't like to share the mess that I gave you to help somebody th to use it as a message to get people because you were embarrassed because you were more more concerned about pleasing other people and, and valuing other people's opinion over what I thought about you. So you were more impressed. You were more concerned about pleasing them than pleasing me. You didn't use that gift I gave you. You didn't use the talent. You didn't use the ability. That network marketing business I gave you, that was no accident. But you were more concerned about people making fun of you, so you didn't share it with the people. He said, you didn't like your voice. He said, if I, if I, Roland, if I gave you your voice for you, you could have just whispered to yourself. He said, I gave you your voice so other people could hear it. He said, think of the people that don't have a voice, that were deaf, how much they'd like to hear your voice. They were your assignment. Oh, you didn't like the way you looked? I don't care. Your face wasn't facing you. It was facing out. For other people to see. Ask people that were blind, Roland. They would have loved to see your face. They would have loved to have the face you have for two. They would have said, man, look how good that person looks. Ask a blind person. They would have liked to see it. He goes, but because you were more concerned than what other people thought about you, than what I thought about you, you decided not to share it. You decided not to share your voice and your message and that gift I gave you of network marketing. I'm sitting there going, wow. And then he said, you know what? You know what the worst part is? I said, what? Because you're not going back. So all these people, the 99% that you were supposed to change, their lives are never going to be changed. So what keeps me going is I want to recognize the 99%, not the 1%. Mic drop. <laughs> Dang.
Oh, I could sit here and listen forever, but <laughs> I want to respect your time, Roland. But I think we just have one more question left to ask you, and then oh, we're good to go. Whatever you need for time, uh, whatever you need. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you've given so oh. so many nuggets, but oh, I guess my. the last one is just that one last, you know, like tip you would give somebody. I mean, I put that like who's ready to give up, but I mean, any kind of tip that you want to give. Well, I, I would think I uh, some of the tips I would give is is number one is don't let. I'm not saying don't be afraid, but don't let the fear be stronger than what you want to achieve in life, right? Don't let the don't let the fear of other people's opinions stop you from living the dreams that you want to live, like you want for for your friends and your family. And, and go back. I think probably the best advice I could tell them is this: Think of this. You're on your way out of this place. You you know whatever how long it is. You got 30 minutes to leave this. This is what I get people to think about. And and on July 12, 2023. You, instead of quitting, you stuck around one more time and you reached every goal, almost every goal and dream you had. And you're waiting, 30 years and 30 minutes, you're leaving this earth and you're looking at your family and your friends and the people that you did this for. And you're looking back at your life and you're going, man, thank goodness I didn't quit on July 12th, 2023. Look what I did. Good thing I didn't listen to other people's opinion of me. Look what I did. Good thing I didn't quit on a bad day. Look what I did. And, and you're looking at whatever it is, how good would you feel? People, they say, I can't even explain how good I feel. I said, now picture the same time, same day, you quit. Now you're sitting there, 30 minutes you're leaving, you're looking at your family and your friends, they're struggling. You didn't live the life that you wanted to live. Whatever your goals and your dreams were, none of them you achieved because on July 20, 12th, 2023, you quit. And you know, you know when you're leaving in 30 minutes, you go, if I just wouldn't have quit on that day, my life would have been different. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to keep people going. That's what's going to keep people going. And that's the opinion. That's really what I tell people is you, if you want it bad enough, I mean, one of my quotes from Les Brown, I'll finish with it before we leave. But one of my quotes from Les Brown, like if you want it bad enough, nothing's going to stop you. Nothing will stop you. Absolutely. But if, you are, if, if you're always looking on the inside, if you make it about you, you'll quit. If you make it about helping other people, your assignment, you'll never quit. So, so good. And just having that mindset of like, just don't quit for today. Because thinking don't about like sticking for 30 more years seems a lot and exhausting. But if you just don't quit today and continue to just not quit today. Yeah, because we don't have tomorrow. All we have is today, right? The bend in the road's not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. Most people think the bend in the road is the end of the road. And then they take their car, they pack it on the side of the road of life, put on their flashes and wait till the battery die. Like they die just like the battery does. Wow. Why? And they go to their grave with permanent potential. Which I don't know why we do that. Because as kids, we're constantly learning. Like we just accept that we don't know something. That's why we're going to school. I don't know how to do this sport. So I'm just going to go to practice and I'm going to learn. I don't know how to read or write. So I'm just going to like, we don't know how to walk. But somehow when we become an adult, we all of a sudden think that like, oh, some, you know, a road, you know, speed bump, a fork in the road. Something came up. I can't, yeah, because, I can't learn. I don't know how. Tell us because we're more afraid of what people are going to say. When we're little kids, we could kill us. We don't care. I'm my little granddaughter. I'm going to be a princess. This isn't, this isn't my house. This is my castle. Mm -hmm. right? But when she gets older, she's going to say, well, you're not, you're not a princess. You can't live in a castle. You're, you're, that's a pipe dream. You're dreaming. You, mm -hmm. you're, where are you gonna, how are you going to do that? You don't have the money for that. Yeah, you're right. Let me just go get a job. Well, she can be a princess. 
<laughs> yeah, we we got a we got a. I heard a quote the other day, and I'm sorry I didn't rec- this isn't the quote I want to share with you, but listen, I sent it to Frazier. Listen to this. This is so good. Hang on, I'm sorry. Hang on. You know me with my quotes. Everyone has talent. What's rare is the courage to follow it to the dark places where it leads. Everybody has talent, but when they get to the dark place where it leads, if they can't see where they're going, they quit. Mm-hmm. That's like, what is it? How do you like climbing the staircase? You may not see what the top looks like, but you just got to like do one stair at a time. One step at a time. Yeah. Life is one step at a time. Everything is. Well, thank you so much for all those millions of golden nuggets. I'm going to have to, I know Savannah's been taking notes. I'm going to have to go back and write a thousand down. <laughs> I mean, I know <laughs> so many people probably are going to get a lot from it. I'm just like, well, th- this was for me. Savannah and I just wanted to like hear all of your, your wisdom. So thank you so much for sharing with us. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you got something out of it, make sure to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.